Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm editing this week officially because I might want to edit what I just set out. <laughs> Four minutes Don't into my recording and already having regrets. That's that's um, going to be the cold open right there, right there. That's exactly <laughs> what Drew said. Episode 27, the Dougie Hamilton episode of Brews and Bruins. Presented by Bruins Diehards. Dougie. Uh, holy shit, guys. Uh, I'll drink to that. Off. I just got foam all over my computer. <laughs> and by all over, I mean like it one little drop on the yeah, uh, same board. We are recording directly after game four of the Bruins Hurricane series. And oh my god, I'm shaking. This I, is uh. Oh. This is the first time I've like felt playoff hockey. I don't know about you guys, but man, game game one wasn't wait, quite wait. the same because I was at work. Uh, mm, yeah, <laughs> I. But yeah, this yeah, was I big. I definitely felt it a little bit for game one, just like seeing like because it was the first like, oh, this is meaningful. This actually means something for the Bruins. Um, a little bit less in two, three, kind of with the whole Halak thing. I was like, all right, this is a really you know big game for them statement wise, um, and then. Tonight, I was just like, I didn't know how to feel the whole night, you know, watching this game go down. And then all of a sudden, I was actually down downtown grabbing lobster when the game started. And uh, I saw Bruins. I was like, oh, bees are up 5 nothing in shots. Good stuff. And then Carolina brought it down and scored on their first shot. And I was like, ooh, that's, you know what I mean? Like a bit of a momentum killer right there. And then it seemed like it was just going to go all the way that night. And then, ooh, <laughs> hockey is weird, Chris. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, what are we drinking, boys? Uh, I guess I'll start it off. I'm drinking a uh, Austin Street Brewery Ascendant right now. This uh, shout out to David Singer, a reporter for CBS 13 and Fox 23 News. That's WGME in Portland, Maine. Uh, he's Tune in. A, uh, he's a big beer guy. He, he put me onto Austin Street. I've got two of their beers today, actually. Um, I'm going to save one of them for next week, I think, though, so I won't intro it yet. But um, this Ascendant is. Uh, Actually, it's named after Drew, actually, because it's described as a crispy girl. So, uh... <laughs> what the fuck, bro? <laughs> where, the fuck but, did, um, where the fuck did that come from? It's got the right amount of punch, and uh, it's delicious. <laughs> and it tastes a lot better after uh, four goals unanswered in the third period to take a 3-1 seriously. I think, I think everything you just said describes me, actually. All right. It uh, sounds like you're editing this week, Drew. And this episode is sponsored by Skinny Pop. Skinny Pop. Please don't sue us, Skinny Pop. That's, that's their slogan. Please don't sue us. I'm editing this week officially because I might want to edit what I just set out. Um, <laughs> four minutes don't into my that recording and already having regrets. That's that's um, going to be the cold open right there. Right there. That's exactly what Drew said. <laughs> I'm a... Uh, I'm drinking a three decker Hell's Lager. Hell, it's H E L L E S, and I don't know where they're from, so I don't know how they would pronounce that. Redemption Rock Brewing Co. Oh, I think I think that's a German oh, type. So of it's beer, a kind though. of lager. Okay, I thought that was like what they were calling their beer. It's called a three decker from Redemption Rock Brewing Company, and it's really good, golden, malty, and crisp, just like Cam. Um, <laughs> that is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> and, you can see it on Yelp. Uh, yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, they're from uh, Worcester. Worcester. Worcester, Mass. Cool. Yeah. I'm drinking a Smog City Sabertooth Squirrel Hoppy Amber Ale. Um, Shout out to Colin. This is Yeah, <laughs> that was 100%. A Colin would absolutely roast me for having this beer. Speaking of roast, uh, it's kind of like a toasty, uh, malty ale, and it's very good, and I uh, very much enjoy it. I like that segue. Mm-hmm. 
So I like we, uh, but I like that some... game more. <laughs> Should we talk some hockey? Because that was fucking, fucking sick. Hockey, boys. Oh. Oh. Boys, boys, so I will boys. say, I did, and I tweeted this out so there's proof, but I did get a new beer and made my dad switch seats with me on the couch for the third period. So, yeah, I switched up <clears> to, uh, I was drinking a Finnish long drink to you know, give us some Tuca energy, and that seemed to work as well. So, like, I think... I think Bruce Cassidy, like, read my tweet in the locker room going into the third and read it out loud to the boys, <laughs> out loud and, and then they got fired up. I think that's what happened, so uh, you're And then welcome. they got fired. They all got fired, and they, they were all replaced. Fired. Oh, they all got Actually, fired. Chris yeah, yeah. Not even fired up, just fired. Apparently, uh, Chris was a whole new team out there. There's imposters. <laughs> imposters. <laughs> Impostas. Impostas. Oh, there was a guy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's get to game recap. Uh, we don't necessarily have to go over everything, but it looked really <laughs> not good. Uh, first period, uh, like beginning of the first period looked great. Like they were out firing, the, like leading the shot count by a fair amount, and then just stopped shooting for a very long time. And it, it went from, for me, like, when you give up the first goal it's like all right you don't have to get the next one but you can't you can't be down two goals for like an extended period of time and, right uh turns out they they did that and they were okay turns out uh, they can do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i feel um, like it was bound to happen as soon as chris started like angrily subtweeting the bruins like not even subtweeting <laughs> just pretty much calling them out directly i feel like yeah. you had to know it was coming and uh they just looked like a completely different team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously you want to be a team that closes out games well, but that was, there was a point where I was like, I don't even think the Hurricanes are going to get a shot on goal. Like, it was 15 it, to nothing shots didn't. in the third game. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to come back from a two to nothing deficit where you look like dog shit, out shooting a team 15 to nothing is going to fucking do that. And, oh God, I felt, I was fired up, Chris. I was jumping out of my seat every time. You know what I mean? Like, Jake <clears throat> oh, DeBrus going trying to bob the door himself like you know what i mean and i scared the dogs cliffy hockey i'm actually hanging with my uh one of my old roommates is here who actually played uh like youth hockey with the the, the clifton family uh oh, wow. Con- cliffy hockey's dad was his coach so he fucking went top cheese and he was like oh i know that guy and i was like yeah fucking <laughs> uh oh yeah just what a, that 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 was the third period we needed and I, I tweeted this out too, but like I, I don't want to overreact to like one solid period of hockey. But that was a defining like if the Bruins end up making a run here, that period is a defining moment. You think oh, about yeah. all the shit that's happened this week, losing your star goaltender, all the extra bullshit in the media. Halak is a good game, but then comes out. Was he great tonight? No. Was he bad? No. He was fine. He was okay. That second goal he probably should have had. You felt like it was going to end up costing him. You were going to get this whole goalie controversy bullshit going on again. Yeah. People blaming Halak. People blaming Rask even though he didn't play and because he didn't play. And you feel like you're going 2-2 two to two here shifting back in Carolina's favor. All of a sudden you come out and just it wasn't like they scored a couple of fluky goals with some bounces and somehow found their way back into the game. They came out and just stepped on fucking next in the third period four straight unanswered goals just dominated everything going on on the ice and by the end of the game it felt like it was a Bruins blowout which was like just a ridiculous turnaround and having that going even if you did give up that third goal and you got to scramble for the last minute 15 or something which I still never really was too worried about at that point I never was like really like fuck 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 gonna blow this you know what I mean grand was short but having that big of a change of momentum in the third period and I mean obviously difference between a three to one series and a two to two series is huge you know huge. what i mean <laughs> precisely two games huge. but that difference is like enormously large when you think about the momentum shift and i i mean i don't want to count chickens before they hatch but i'm feeling really good right now yeah i think uh that that Jake DeBrus goal, how hard he fucking worked for that goal. <laughs> like I was a little scared afterwards. Like he went he went down hard. I was like, oh please don't be injured. Please get up. And he did a little slowly, but he, you see that smile on his face after. I was comforted. I was like, okay, cool. And that's just like uh, it was a uh, Sarah Sivian who uh, she she now covers the Hurricanes over at the Athletic. And uh, she retweeted one of her tweets from, like, 2018 uh, that went along the lines of, like, Jake DeBrusque is one of the hardest workers in the NHL. Uh, and that just went to that just went to prove it. 
Um, and yeah, that, that goal stood out. That's what got the ball rolling, you know? And then oh, that, that Clifton goal, man, uh, that, that tickled my twine a little bit, so to speak. That was <laughs> that whole that setup was, was sick though. Oh, like Nordstrom God. going to the corner Beautiful. and coming out with that puck. And then you see Cliffy coming down from the point with his stick up in the air, like, feed me, man, yeah. feed me. And he gave him that, like, it was right there. It was oh, a perfect shot. You can't, you can't aim that way, but that was right where he was aiming. Like, in, you know, usually you're aiming for, for one of the corners when you shoot, or, you know, five hole in that case. But when you're taking a slap shot like that, you're aiming for one of the corners, and he just hit the mark. Like, yeah. absolutely 100% accuracy on that shot. Um, which, you know, that's not necessarily something he's known for <laughs> in the league, but, you know, that time, maybe one in a hundred shots, perfect, perfect shot. Um, and as a huge Clifton guy myself, I literally stood up and screamed and probably <laughs> woke up the neighbors. Yeah. So I, I guess, the, I guess sure there are two like global things that I wanted to talk about, about just like, we talked on the podcast about how momentum is so important and yeah, that DeBrusque goal was important, the first one at least. Um, kind of a, a mistake by Reimer, and, you know, I, you kind of count on Reimer to do that. Yeah. Um, not that specifically, but you count on him to make mistakes, give up bad rebounds, something along those lines. Um, and DeBrusque took absolute advantage of it. Like, so much skill, so much uh, credit to him, but also, yeah, like, not great by Reimer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got that hit by Charlie McAvoy and suddenly that Ooh. momentum's starting to build. And I don't, I don't know how clean that hit was. I haven't really seen the, the right angle uh, on it. I think it. it was pretty damn clean. The first and I know his, couple of replays I, know his elbow I saw came up after I didn't see the side angle to see if he actually hit him with his elbow, but, um, I, I don't think he did from the well, limited well, angles. I saw it. I didn't look like it, but again, I didn't get a great look at it either. So I'm not, I don't want to draw yeah, the, the elbow definitely came up, but I don't think it made contact with the head. We'll so find I'd out eventually, but either way like that, that hit definitely was like adding to the momentum there. And then you get that second goal to tie up the game and suddenly things are snowballing and that's, and, and that's so huge. And the, the second thing I wanted to talk about is just how important game four is. Like, always in any series, game four is so, so fucking important because mm-hmm. now you're looking at the Bruins with a 3 1 cushion. They got three cracks at it to win one game. Like, obviously, you don't want to look at it that way if you're the team, but if you're a fan, it's fine to look at it that way. Um, as opposed to just being tied and suddenly yeah. you have a three game series. And that's so huge. Um, and that to me, like game four is always like, unless it's an elimination game, like the most important game of the series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said like, that's what I was kind of saying about like, again, I don't want to overreact and like, I thought, I don't want to be like, Oh, you know, it's so important. Like, you know I mean? Obviously three to one is better than two to two. Like anybody with fucking brain, you know what I mean? Can figure that out. But like, just as far as like the momentum swing to go into that again, cause like, period two you're feeling like all right even series like this is there's a lot of uncertainties for the Bruins and it seems like they just squashed all of that out you know what I mean like I'm ready to count this team on for a cup again like just because of one explosive period and again you know there's just from a a larger perspective losing Rass is going to hurt this team but games like today show that like even when Halak doesn't have his best night and again I want to shit on him he had give us three goals like that's not a bad game by any means you mm-hmm. obviously want that second one back, but like, you know like what I mean? Like, it's two. not like Rask is probably the first one, one back too. Probably yeah. the first one back, but again, now it's like you show us that even when Halak doesn't have a great night, when he is a reliable option most of the time, but if he doesn't have a great night, the Bruins being able to bail him out like this is big time. So, yeah, from a series perspective, just you know, obviously going up three to one is huge, but then just the manner that they did that, it really just felt like they stepped on the gas and. You felt like you had the Bruins back. You know what I mean? It was one of the. They had a couple good games. You know, obviously the round robin was like kind of bullshit. <laughs> they didn't look great. They didn't yeah. really care too much. Um, they've had a pretty good start to the, se- the series at least. But then, watching that third period, it was like, oh yeah, this is this is what this team can do without David Pasternak in the lineup. By the way, we haven't even mentioned yeah. that yet. And they, you know, what I mean, four goals unanswered in the third is just like. Whew. 
Ah, feeling good, well, boys. Feeling that's good. as good a segue as I can think of because the person who has stepped up the most, not necessarily including this game, but he did look really good in this game, was David Krejci. He's the guy who oh, slotted yeah. it into that spot on the power play. Literally played a shift bef- leading into the power play, played the whole power play, and then played the shift after the power play <laughs> <laughs> during one of their man advantages this game. Um, yeah, I mean, we always talk about it, uh, but it's been since 2013 since we've really seen, like, vintage playoff Krejci. Yeah. Um, uh I think it was mentioned in one of the intermissions during one of the previous games that Krejci's one of like seven players or four players or something all time to lead the Stanley Cup playoffs and scoring multiple times. Mm-hmm. And the the list is like insanely like high echelon Hall of Famers. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, we can... We can be all over Krejci as much as you want, but he's not going to get there. <laughs> but, I mean, absolutely. We, we've talked so much about how good David Krejci is and how he's been holding down that second line forever with no real consistent companions on there. But this line with DeBrusque and Kasha's looked so good. And, I mean, a lot of people were skeptical as to how Kasha would really fit in on that line because he is a speedster and Krejci's more of a puck control guy. And that's, that's not really how hockey works. Like you don't need to have like two super fast guys on the wings of a really fast center. And as long as they're smart about getting across the blue line, uh, on side and, and Kasha compliments Krejci so well because he yeah. comes away with those 50, 50 pucks. And he is just as good as Krejci is at protecting the puck. And those guys are just, possession monsters and they they may not be have like the greatest scoring touch but i mean if you're possessing the puck in the offensive zone that much and you're getting that many opportunities especially with the amount of opportunities that debrusque has missed or had missed before this game Mm -hmm. and is now cashed in on um it's a recipe for success on the second line which is ostensibly like your like worse of your two main lines and Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's been the better one this series. Yeah, I mean, again, like, obviously having speed is, like, very important in hockey. I mean, look at the best player in the league, Conor McDavid. His biggest asset is his speed. He's ridiculous at everything else, but, you know, try keeping up with him. But like you said, Chris, it's not just about having three guys who are fast. It's about having a mixture of, of different specialties, I guess. And when you find a group that molds so well together, that's why you look at the the erection line trademarked by the Bruce and Burns <laughs> podcast. Uh, you know, like, the reason, obviously, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Posternock individually are extremely talented players, but the reason that they are the erection line is because of how well they mold together, because they know how to play with each other. That chemistry they have is so visible on the ice every time they're playing together. And you feel like David Krejci on that second line has been carrying it and occasionally you'll see glimpses of like hey this this combo is molding well or sometimes this whole line is molding well but you never have felt you had that consistency and there's the potential for that here like chris said you have somebody like andre kasha who is just a fucking workhorse uh he's going to the dirty areas he's moving his legs to get pucks you have somebody like crazy who is a possession whiz and doesn't necessarily have that speed, but when you send somebody like Andre Kasha on the forecheck to cause that momentum change and, you know, break up plays coming out of the zone, and then you have somebody like Krejci who is extremely smart, has the hockey sense, and knows how to protect the puck to lock in that forecheck, and then you have somebody like DeBrusque who is flashy, has works hard, but has the explosiveness like we saw tonight. Obviously, consistency is his problem. But when that line is clicking, where you have Kasha rolling, you have Krejci to pretty much lock down the middle and be that wall of defense, and you have someone like Jake DeBrusque who can explode like that, it can become a very dangerous option. And like we've said, that's been the best line this series so far. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of DeBrusque, I agree with everything you guys said about Krejci and uh, Kasha. Is uh, that's a just it, it, he Kasha has been a fantastic addition, and I think. 
myself and some others after seeing what he was doing during the regular season after just joining the team were a little bit like, eh. Like, he, he has the talent, but how are they going to, you know, get this together? And then in the playoffs, he just took off. And he seems like he's just fully uh, adjusted to this team now and the game plan and to his line mates, despite being unfit to play and not able to, like, fully practice with the team and everything, which I think we said <clears throat> on one episode that would be beneficial, but looks like he didn't even need that. Um, but when it comes to DeBrusque, uh, yeah, I think... Definitely, I agree. Consistency has been his issue, Cam, uh, at least during the regular season forever, <laughs> like his yeah, whole career definitely. during the regular season. Yeah, it's, it's injuries, too. But, like, and yeah, injuries. And, play and, but yeah. like this 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 playoff run, uh, he it took him a bit to finish. Finishing has been his only issue, and he fucking finished two goals tonight, um, finally. And it, it, even games one through three, he had so many great opportunities, and he's... Uh, you know, just as big of a part as that line is, well, Kashi, I'd say. Krejci, I think, has been above and beyond, but uh, he's been above and beyond for a decade now. Playoff Krejci, what do you Yeah, exactly. Like how, you don't win the Cup in 2011 without Krejci. Uh, you don't go far in any postseason without Krejci, I think. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's great to see what that line's been able to do, especially with Poster Knockout. It shows that you can rely on them, and they could even play first-line minutes, potentially. Um, and when you do have Pasternak, and like it, it, at times last postseason, the first line was getting shut down, especially in the St. Louis series, and I believe in the Toronto series as well, if I'm recalling. They had a couple bad nights uh and not necessarily because they were bad, but the defense just found a way to fucking stop them. Uh, and then there was really nothing else. They were their main source of offense. But now you have this second line. When Pasternak's back and that first line is firing on all cylinders and you have this second line to fall back on too, that is going to be absolutely lethal. And I guess we can only hope that the second line you know, keeps going like this, but uh, they're looking great so far. That That is huge, huge for a cup push and something we didn't really see last season. Yeah. Um, another guy I wanted to point out was Matt Grizzlick. Dude's mm-hmm. just been looking great. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's, the, it's the zone exits for me. Like, he, he'll pick off passes. He'll get those 50-50 pucks. And either deliver a perfect pass to exit the zone or he'll take it himself and I just like such a fast quick player and it's it's really interesting your dogs the, agree oh the dogs yeah. are barking they're very excited <laughs> they love uh, Mac Grizzly bro they're Mac Grizzly stands like um, I hate that term I hate stands oh my god I, I fucking hate it I'm a Drew right, Johnson stand Big Krejci stan over here. Um, oh yeah, I, I've been absolutely running that David Krejci is uh, is Peter into the ground. Oh no, keep going. That might be the name. Of this <laughs> upon game, this so. rock, I will build my church. Yeah, this is the, the shining city upon a hill. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Matt Grizzlick, uh, incredible. Um, yeah, like I feel like it, it, it kind of shows like how honestly spoiled Bruins fans are in the team kind of with their defense and their team defense to have especially yeah. like you look at the youth and all the guys they have coming through the system who could be potentially very good NHL defensemen or at least like sustainable ones and obviously a guy like Grizzlick is going to get overshadowed by Charlie McAvoy and um, like defensively they have like Brandon Carlo and things like that but I feel like Matt Grizzlick on most teams in the NHL is a young defenseman that people will be pretty freaking excited about and he kind of gets a, I don't want to say totally overlooked. He's appreciated in Boston, but I don't think a lot of people realize how good he is sometimes. And we've seen that so far this series for sure. Yeah, and I definitely think he's one of those players who can be streaky as well. Um, but especially tonight, yeah, he was on, on his A game. When you see Grizzlick at his best, that's what his best looks like. And that is super valuable. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to like one get too far ahead of ourselves and and two all right let's not so uh. be be one of one of those guys but um if we're talking about the the plans with Tory Krug obviously Matt Grizzlick got kind of lumped in with him pretty early on and I always made fun of the people who were like yeah like he's basically the same player and like that's not true like he's not no, it's not true I love Matt Grizzlick but it's not true but 
if you do let Krug walk, you can slot in uh, a another young defenseman by the name of Charles McAvoy on that top power play, and I think he would fit pretty well in there. And then Grizzlet can obviously take that second power play time and can really fill in on on the second pairing if necessary. Um, so it, it's I obviously I, I want Krug back. Um, I don't know if financially it's whether it makes sense to bring him back or not, but either way, I feel pretty good about where the Bruins' defense is right now because there are some other guys in the system. Yeah, I don't I don't know about Grizz on the second pair. Just defensively, I sometimes feel like Krug's a little bit better on that end. I guess that's somewhat up for debate because they're both mainly offensive puck-moving defensemen. But... I would honestly lean toward Grizz, but... Really, I think Grizz is a better defensive. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Maybe it's just maybe Krug just looks better because he's playing next to Brandon Carlo. Um, <laughs> that does help. That does help. I, like that would be my only concern with Grizz replacing Krug. I definitely think uh, what you said, Chris, about McAvoy taking over on the power play and then Grizz slotting into that second unit would be completely fine. Um, that would be a little bit of a concern for me. But I mean, if he plays the way he did tonight and he's getting more minutes and continues playing that way and i mean obviously tonight wasn't the only night he had a good game he's had plenty but i don't know that i that was almost a perfect game by grizzly tonight and that's another thing you hope they can fall back on uh yeah as it goes along i i think like pretty much what chris is saying i i think people who are just like oh yeah you lose crew just plug in McAvoy and Grizzlick and you're just the same that's that's not true like I, I think you're oh, yeah, the yeah. fact that Tory Krug is an elite offensive defenseman and as a power play quarterback is as good as they come really in the National Hockey League right now mm-hmm. it's obviously going to hurt some but it's not like you lose Krug and you throw in some bum or you know somebody that, like it's gonna hurt a little bit but it doesn't ruin your power play by any means it's still a very competent power play with McAvoy or with Grizzlick they have the options. It's going to sting a little bit, but it's not like it's going to be, you know, a, a drastic power play changing move where they have to fuck up all the lines now because yeah. losing your key piece. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he is a key piece, but it's not the only key piece. And switching somebody in there can, like McAvoy, like Grizzly, is going to, you know, it's going to work pretty well. It'll fill to 80% capacity, which is enough considering what else, you know, the other talent you have on that line. Yeah, especially if you're using that leftover money to, I don't know. I, they to probably pay David use, Backus, huh? To bring back to Matt pay, Barkowski. Pay, oh yeah. <laughs> no, but you know they'll they'll it's it'll have more room to you know figure out what they need to do with the rest of the team. I forget honestly at this point I forget who's left unsigned because they've made. Is it DeBrusque? DeBrusque hasn't been extended, right? He's the major no, one? No, yeah, DeBrusque is the RFA. And it's weird, like, he had such a mess season that it kind of seemed like he might be discounted. But if he if he stays hot in the playoffs, like, I don't yeah. know, he fits on that second line. And second line left wings come with second line price tags. And, and with that extra money, you're also going to see I, – I, I, I don't think they're going to make, like, a – Boleski or David Backa's mistake again, especially because they won't have that. I don't think they'll especially still have since that they already kind made of money. The Nick Ritchie mistake, so yeah. But I think like you're gonna see, you know, like your Parlin Holmes or you know when they sign Nordstrom or they sign Wagner. Like you're gonna see another another guy. Maybe it's on defense that time because you're losing Krug and you want some more stability on that third pair. Not a John Moore who they thought might be like a second pair defenseman. And I don't fucking know why they paid him. Like he's like a, <laughs> as if he's like, you're like a top five defenseman on your team. They gave him like a five year contract. <laughs> yeah, they were like so committed. They're like, yo, see, you're going to be our seventh this... defenseman for the, for the foreseeable future. John Moore's name just screams Stanley cup. No question about it. Money on the he table. Was like... He was like the fifth defenseman on a really mediocre Devils team. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah this is our guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> People don't know this, but it's actually the John Stanley Moore Cup is the full name for it. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That's the official title. There's the police. So it, I don't know if you can hear that, but they're coming to arrest me for that statement right now. So it's been a good <laughs> run, guys. So another guy you mentioned, Drew, that we, we did talk about for a second was – Thanks, Drew. Uh, 
Joaquin Nordstrom. Chris, Chris just is completely uh, Hey, that. no, I, I, I said I was going to be the one to keep this no, shit keep on the rails. No, we, they, we're not off the rails. The police are coming for Cam. Wait, 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 guys, guys, guys. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Chris, but we made a promise to the fans, and I want everyone to know because they can't see us. We are all wearing funny hats, right? Well, Chris is kind of just Well, I'm tweeting it out, so they'll see it Follow us on Twitter, Bruins and Bruins. Cam, I don't know how hot it is in in Maine right now, but it's finally cooled room, off. My bit. room is like 82 degrees right yeah, now. Yeah, no, that so. has been me for the last two months, but it's the it's the first cool week we've had in. in yeah, I'm wearing it's been a, nice and Bruins Maine, winter beanie, a uh, toque as they might say yeah. in hockey. I'm uh, I'm wearing a uh, a nice kind of Russian looking ear flaps hat in honor of uh, Andrei Svechnikov's knee. Which mm. does not seem to be returning anytime soon. That was pretty. It might nasty. have been his ankle because he's wearing a boot. He was wearing a boot. That's, I actually didn't notice that. It that's kind of what, his I, ankle, that's kinda what it, I thought. Like it was either. It looked like I both mean, of them bent the wrong both, way but, for sure. Yeah, uh, sad because I do really love Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, yeah. He seems like a cool dude and uh, just a fun player to watch. I mean, I've hated him this whole series as a Bruins guy, but that's just because he's super good. <laughs> Not that I was like rooting for him to get injured or anything. Like that's fucking awful. But like, I was just like, ah. Good clarification, Drew. <laughs> like, like I hate him from the sense that like, fuck that guy has the puck. Fuck somebody just like knock him off the puck and he'll get up and he'll be okay but it'll be like hearing footsteps like that's the kind of thing i wanted that was unfortunate but definitely worth mentioning though because that that top line of svechnikov aho and teravainen uh so dangerous one of the only lines that you can say might be able to match up against the the erection line um, mm-hmm. You got the McKinnon line in Colorado, and maybe the Sagan Ben Radulov line in in Dallas, which hasn't been as productive in recent years. But yeah, like, wait, what do you mean, bro? Many, and did you mention the about that graphic? The I mean, avalanche line. Of... Yes, yeah, I, I said the McKinnon. Okay, line. okay. No, 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 no. What about the the graphic about the Toronto Maple Leafs first line, and who could who could match up with them? Uh, I, no one cares about them. <laughs> uh, if they if they do the like. Tavares up on the top line thing where they had like a 90% expected goals percentage for whatever period that was that they had, then yeah, maybe. Yeah, but then um, they have no depth. Yeah, tough. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, look at them no shitty on the Maple Leafs. They already shit away, themselves uh, Kadri. Yeah. <laughs> they'd, have, they'd have Chris Wagner as their fucking like second line center or some shit. Like. <laughs> No disrespect to Chrissy Wags. I mean, oh no, not a fucking got some all. Great but beer too. Slot him on the second line and see how your fucking team does. So wait, how do we feel about Bjork on the top line oh. versus the third line? Because uh, oh, I, I hated when uh, I, I hate when Mike Milbury says something and then like you could have just stopped it there when Mike Milbury says something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Mike Mike Milbury had one of the funniest fucking quotes at the beginning of the game. Yeah, you tweeted I, it. I don't think anyone noticed. Uh, well, he had two of the funniest quotes. The, fr- the first one was, uh, "I think the Carolina, I think Carolina is going to go out and try and score some points." And <laughs> nice. Yeah, obviously, man. Uh, no, but the one I was talking about was he said, uh, "I think Carolina needs to change their geography," and I th- really think he was trying to say geometry. And, <laughs> and like, <laughs> but I love the idea of like the Carolina There's countryside moving. like reshifting. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, just because Mike Milbury said so, or or just yeah. like North Carolina and South Carolina like merging. They, no, they <laughs> like we are now Carolina. <laughs> they just switch. Pu- Puerto Rico is now a state, and hey, the, the Carolinas. The, the are Carolina Hurricanes are really good. Why don't North and South Carolina just become Carolina? It'll make a lot more sense. Wouldn't and it? the Dakotas for DC. <laughs> Throwing it over to true. you, Bush. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bush uh, is yeah. like, ah, yeah. So I, I absolutely I that, hate that was uh, Mike Milgram. I think that I mean it's not a hot take or anything, but the thing that he said about uh, Anders Bjork, he's like uh, Anders. He's not he's not giving me a lot uh, out here uh, on that top line, and then immediately at the beginning of the next period, he was down on the third line. But like the first shift that Bjork was on the third line, he like got a scoring opportunity and looked good. Oh yeah. But like he hadn't looked bad on the top line. He just missed a couple of opportunities that like he should have got on net. Um, so like yeah, I, I like the idea of moving down to the third line, being like, hey man, like let's get you some opportunities down here. 
and see if that works. Not like you're playing bad. This is a punishment. This yeah. is more like and and this Brian Boucher had had the same like Milbury said some stupid shit like yeah yeah he he finally got in the game now that he's been punished like no that's not the whole thing the thing is like fucking make him comfortable somewhere and Boucher was yeah. like yeah he like he clearly wasn't comfortable on that top line this game so like they put him down on the third line so he can you know take the pressure off a little bit and like yeah, yeah. exactly chemistry why, with his line mates and <laughs> matchups it's which like, is why Brian Boucher uh, is, is fucking good. gold <laughs> and uh, Mike Milbury's a fucking blowhard who shouldn't have a job see my, Mike Milbury with him that's like, pretty nicey Chris he uh, I don't I'm being lo- completely serious <laughs> I don't like a lot of what Milbury says, and I think he would be okay on their intermission report still, just because for NBC he gets like the ball rolling in terms of controversy and people yelling at him on Twitter. Um, but also for him, he can kind of think about what he's saying before he says it, because like, I mean, I, I can don't think do it. I don't think that's gonna get either. <laughs> I don't uh, want him thinking. <laughs> yeah, that, that right. could be well, a double edged sword. Right there. Like, I, I'm not to say that I could do any color commentating on a live hockey game. I would fucking suck. This is this is what you get. This is my expert analysis. You want this <laughs> on a fucking national broadcast? Yeah, and you didn't um, even beat anybody with their own shoes, so uh, you know what's. But you, uh, you, nobody you, really yeah. <laughs> but you gotta like think quick. You know, and you're getting feeds from your fucking producers too. Like you, it just doesn't seem like that's his strong suit in terms of commentating. So put him on the intermission report, or you know, just take him off the air. But if you're gonna keep him, if you're <laughs> if you're glued to him now, put him on the intermission report, where half the fans won't be watching him because they'll be watching something else, and he can think about what he's gonna say and maybe have some like decent analysis instead of saying I think Carolina is gonna go for some that's... points tonight or something. <laughs> Like Carolina needs to shift their geography. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Milbury, what a guy! Uh, but on Bjork, yeah, third line, yes. Oh, right, who did that's they play? Because I know they they put Coil on the first line for like at least a couple shifts, which I also didn't really like. I like him more. In the third. No, so so I I like Coil on the first line, I think, but also that makes Corrali your third line center, mm-hmm. and I, like I don't hate that's it. That's why I mean, like, it's not sustainable. Like if you have Coil as your third line center, like that's depth up the middle where you have three lines four lines if chris wagner's scoring like he's the best uh, yeah. the best winger in all of hockey being around <laughs> robin uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean like that third line with with stanika on it and whoever you want to put on the wing uh if it's bjork if it's uh i don't not nick ritchie anybody uh, but heinen coolman heinen yeah <laughs> Whatever. Bring him uh, back. Bring him back. Billberry. <laughs> Riley Smith. Uh, <laughs> fucking Brett Connolly. Whatever. Kevin Costner. Uh, just throw him out there. Let's see. <laughs> why not? I don't know yeah, why that just uh, came to me. But, yeah. Feel the dreams, baby. Feel the dreams. I don't know. Uh, I might want to see studs get a shake on the. Oh, on the 100%. Line. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's kind of been our stance for a while is like give him a shot on that top line well well pasta's out like why not but i mean i was happy to see bjork get a chance out there because he's like he fits that vibe like he's defensively responsible and he's got like sick flow not a lot not a lot of people are marshan but he's got the like marshan like tenacity for the puck and knows for scoring he just and speed yeah and I mean, a good shot. it's that it's that kind of game like he's kind of a smaller guy who gets underneath guys and yeah gets the puck. I, I, I so like <laughs> to jump in here like i i agree like i think moving down to the third line is fine i mean he's more comfortable there you know what i mean it's he's getting better matchups that's good but uh just kind of jump in on what you were saying before chris like i don't i don't think people like milbury of course should be viewing that as like a punishment if you think about it like Imagine Pasternak's playing this game and the Bruins' first line doesn't score for two periods. Is he going to be like, oh, shift Pasternak down to the third line now. you got to punish him. He's been garbage. Two, two well, periods. Tony Maserati, game. yeah. Well, yeah. That's, <laughs> again, two, two birds of a feather he right sucks, there. Mike! Two birds of a feather with him and Milbury there. <laughs> but, like, again, it's it's hockey. It's weird. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Bjork looked like guard. He, looked, he didn't look lost out there. He just wasn't – he didn't produce yet. But that's hockey. You know what I mean? 
Like, mm-hmm. and does that mean it's a bad idea to move him down? No, but framing it as a punishment is not at all, I don't think, the right way to do it. I think it's just you're, you're a coach, you're trying different line combinations, you're missing an all-star player, quite literally one of the league's elite goal-scoring talents. So, yeah, you're going to shift some things up. And just because Bjork didn't score for two periods doesn't mean he's a failure who has no first or top-line potential, you know what I mean, or top four potential, or, you know, top six potential, rather. It just means he didn't score for two periods. That's that's yeah, hockey. So, so Cam, to, to your point, uh, reframing something. So the reason why he got put down on the third line, ostensibly, I don't really know this because we don't know what, Cassidy's thinking or why he did things. Well, I'll speak for yourself, but okay. The, the reason... <laughs> hold on, the hold, reason hold on. Bruce, Bruce, hold on, hold on. Chris is trying to tell me he can't... <laughs> oh, I'm mute for good, a second. I'm going to talk to Good Bruce. podcasting there, Cam, yeah, because uh, no one can see that you're holding your... Yeah, I'm getting I, a I call for Bruce I noticed that halfway through. But then I thought uh, if I announced that I was Bruce? holding a phone, it'd be even more lame. But to reframe this... Mike Milbury thinks the reason why Anders Anders Bjork uh, got moved down to the third line is because he had two opportunities and he missed the net on both of them. To reframe that, Anders Bjork got two great opportunities to score a goal. Like, yeah, <laughs> if he if he got them on net, he probably wasn't going to score on them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You give yourself obviously a. 100% better chance to score yeah. if you get them on net. But I mean you ha- you have to put yourself in that position to score and if you're on the top line like that's what those well, two guys well, do. Well, Chris, I mean they... I, I don't know if you saw like Marsha had a sick play fed Bergeron back door and Bergeron missed it. So I think yeah, he bombed so down third probably line third line, maybe fourth line. <laughs> like, you know, you want that defensive responsibility on the fourth line you can go two ways. So Corrali uh, on run, the first, but... Lindholm on the second, Coyle on the third, Bergeron on the fourth, and you got a great oh, I forgot about Krejci. Fuck. How can you forget about Krejci? I forget about Krejci like fucking half of the Bruins fans (laughs) out there do (laughs) every postseason, and then he reminds them in the postseason. (laughs) Wait, so not to make this a David Krejci podcast. No, that was was, was, been a David Krejci podcast since Um, it started. Since day one. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know if you guys remember him playing for the Czech national team during the World Cup in Sochi. But dude was fucking sick. I like he didn't. Uh, I don't know if he necessarily scored a shit ton. I think he probably had like four points in six games or something. But I just well, for the reason six, I remember watching those games at four in the morning, and dude was just like ripping slap shots on on net. And I'm like, dude, where the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, I why doesn't he shoot ever? It's like oh, he wait, doesn't no, know he... the word shoot in English, so he only knows the word shoot in Czech. So that's when he shoots. Dude <laughs> rips slap shots, and and by the way, he fucking sniped one from from above the like top of the circle like as time that's what i was gonna period. say no yeah, time expired say. before he even took the shot so i was like i mean he was winding up for it yeah. It was coming to when the when the buzzer went but he still followed through i was so afraid somebody Ready was gonna jump so, yeah <laughs> i was so surprised nobody jumped him i was like i think what? i think he had taken the shot like at the time the time expired so like he was on his downswing i think yeah but no i also I think so I, man <laughs> so zero i didn't but. I didn't check in. Did they add time to the clock before? No, because no, they didn't. It was one point eight on the clock. Yeah, it was like three seconds when they blew the whistle, and I thought they were going to add some time. I, I thought, and, and I was, I but I, I didn't pay attention because I was like, "Who cares? It's three seconds. Like they're not going to score." And then, of course, David Krejci winds up. I actually, scores. yeah. When I yeah, when I, that I, happened, I, I first when the when I saw one point eight left on the clock, I was like, "If I'm Bruce Cassidy, I pull the goalie because Carolina's not scoring in one point eight seconds." I'd stack four guys on the inside wing in the slot and one guy in a shooting position, one center. <laughs> you go, you put Krejci at the top, so hopefully he can, like, just, you know, whiff, clean face off with Bergeron, Krejci for the shot, and then you stack, like, Marshawn, like, Coyle, and, I don't know, two other somewhat gritty guys. Uh, in there, uh, just that could just dig, Brand, you know I mean? Brandano Charlo over there. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, like, Charlie McAvoy just to fuck somebody up because apparently he's doing that now. Uh, no, actually, he's been doing that the whole time. He's be been doing that. It's great. I love him. I love him. Cleanly, um, dude. Might, that hit was clean. Yeah. That hit was he might have the clean. best hip check in the league. Yeah. It's something that, I really It's, it's him and Subban. Yeah. Who, uh, like, I don't know what Subban is. Malcolm Subban, of course. Days, but, <clears throat> but, yeah. We're well, talking... It depends on what you count as hip checks, because if you count ducks as hip checks, then Marshawn's yeah. up there, too. <laughs> 
Yeah, Martian, Martian leading leading the league in submarines. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> fuck, fucking anyway, Steve Zissou out here. When I, I don't really know if it was one of those situations where like Ryan was like the period's over. I'm just not gonna like really go out of my way to say this because I think he might have been a little bit of that like in NHL where like as soon as the period is over, the goalie is just like because oh yeah, sucks I mean, like, yeah, he, he might have just put his glove down. I'm, but yeah, uh, but, fully understood. Based on how that game was going, when I saw that puck a win, I was gonna be like, my first thought was like. Yeah, no, that's about right. Like, crazy snipes one right after the period ends. That's how this game's going. That's going to be the only puck touch the back of the net. And then again, you know what I mean? That's the perfect, like, summation of how big of a momentum shift that third period was. Because I saw that go in, and I was like, that's that perfectly encapsulates how I feel right now. And the Bruins <laughs> are going to lose, and it's going to be tied 2-2. Two to two. And then the third period was just like, you know, Jake DeBrus came out and just, like, shoved a stick down my throat and was like, yeah, you fucking thought, like, and then just took over the game, you know what I mean? But, Sponsored by Skinny Pop? Yep. <laughs> yeah, Skinny when, Pop. When, when Krejci took that slapper at the buzzer, my my friend James, hi, James, if you're listening. He says he listens. He's, I don't know he's not he listening, Text Chris. me, text me you're like Ooga Boogala, James, if you listen. Ooga Boogala, text me. Uh, oh yeah, I gotta shout out my now. buddy Woody who who ruined uh, one of the goals for me. Uh, yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you got a friend in fr- me. <laughs> my friend texted me and was like, "Wait, did did that not count? Like, what happened?" I was like, "Nah, dude, it was like a second after the buzzer when it went in." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I had the game on mute. I didn't know." <laughs> like all caps. Like what? That didn't count. That, that is that is wild. Like you should be able to tell. By no one's celebrating. Yeah, I was say, that's like, why if everyone just if you don't hear the horn, no, no, he, 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 yeah, no, he, he like he, it took him a second. Like, wait, what? <laughs> like they were walking. It was. I think he texted me while they were like walking off the ice. He was like, "True." <laughs> Not in I that voice. A, I don't know uh, what voice he was using. It was a text, but I can imagine. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to. I thought your hat was your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Because the top of the hat isn't showing, it's just the, uh, it's just like the fuzzy wool, uh, not wool, <laughs> but you know. Um, uh, I wish we, I wish we did a video podcast. <laughs> no one else does. Trust me, nobody wants to look at us. I promise you. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Bruins Twitter um, for the last week. Uh, it's been as much of a, you know. Twitter version of a literal dumpster on fire as uh, I can remember being in quite a while and so uh, I just want to shout out those 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 folks for just really driving home the fact that hockey is back um, last couple of weeks it's been relatively tame people have been happy to watch hockey uh, now we're getting back into our own shitty grimy selves and uh, I just want to say it's, it's good to be back so thank you Bruins Twitter I think again Tuka Rass just really uh, set us over the edge once again, um, but I definitely I feel like I'm back now. You know, I feel like I'm back. I, I, so for me, for me, the my whole like Twitter feed was like no one being mean to Tuca. It was just like a thousand people being like, "Stop being mean to Tuca." Yeah, pretty much. I actually don't know if anyone was mean to Tuca. It shows who you've de- decided to, to cut out of your life. As- absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Gotta cut out that toxicity, man. Yeah, it's all like good vibes only on Bruce Burns uh, Twitter. I, I I do want to talk about Tuca, but I know we're trying to keep this a little shorter, and maybe we save that for next time. I think we, we get, I think we should go into it now, yeah, because it's going to be pretty dated by next week. You know, what I, I, mean? I have somewhat of a hot take on Tuca, and oh great, I'm oh, afraid God. you guys are going to get angry at me. No, let's yeah, spit sure. it. Let's, all right, let's hear it, failure. All right, all right. So <laughs> I think you've seen the last of Tuca Rask in an NHL uniform. Ooh. So my reasoning for this, and I want to say I have no conclusive evidence of this being the case, but it's the feeling inside me. If you look at the past couple of years where he's been taking breaks and there's there's something personal there. I don't want to dive into that. I don't know if it's family or mental health or anything. I'm not going to go there. But he, and he talked about wanting to, you know, hang up the skates whenever that was. That was like earlier this season. He made a comment. To, and to which you uh, – He backtracked on this podcast. To which on this podcast I believe you said like he might retire after this year. But... Yeah. And uh, we yeah, we, de- we debated yeah. that, and you and you were we the only one talk. who came down as like he 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 like, might 
Good on you, Drew. More probably you. than that. And so, like, there is clearly evidence that, like, <laughs> as I said, there's no concrete evidence I have. But there are <laughs> there's clear evidence. There are indications, no not that his heart isn't into hockey or he doesn't want the fucking cup or want to play, but there's definitely, like, maybe he's not fully into it anymore for whatever reason, external reasons, not that. He doesn't like hockey anymore, or he's fed up with like Bruins fans shitting on him. Like, I don't think that shit phases him at all. I don't think he. <laughs> he's <laughs> the last goaltender to give a fuck about uh, fans hazing him. But if you look at that, and then you look at the NHL in the middle of a pandemic right now, in a situation where he said it doesn't feel like playoff hockey, and then you think about, well, what's it going to fucking look like next season? Like, it's still going to be fucked up because it's in the middle of the pandemic. Why do you play out the rest of your contract if you're thinking about retiring at the end of it anyway? doesn't make sense. Like, he probably he would rather spend time with his family. Maybe he wants to go to Finland. Maybe he'll play hockey in Finland. I don't know. I don't know what he wants to do with the rest of his life after hockey. I but mean, he's I, obviously I going to play Pesapalo. He's going to go play Pesapalo, yeah. And he's going to go make the long drink yeah. or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I seriously do think it's the last of so, Sigurdsson, and I, I would love him to come back and fucking just be amazing, but I, I really do think it's the end. Yeah, I think we uh, should ask, we should tweet at Hags and ask him if he'll come on if, if Rass retires. Maybe that's another. <laughs> um, I'm being 100% serious. I love that, that way we're guaranteed part. either way, whether yeah. Rask wins a cup <laughs> yeah. or if Rask retires, either way. you're coming. Maybe you'll come on twice, who knows? Yeah. Maybe at the same time, two two appearances <laughs> at once. It's gonna be like Chris, or yeah, when Chris was on twice at once last week, two weeks ago, I guess. Um, so yeah, I I think that is, I, I mean, it's a possibility. I I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think I would bet the team. Has well, I'm been, not saying 100, percent but yeah, I, bet. I think the team is at least from what they've said. Uh, granted, they're not gonna just be like, I don't think he's coming back because that's gonna be. A <laughs> That's what Chris Wagner said in his spiel. Well, yeah, not even not him, but like, like you look at what like Sweeney said and what Cassidy said. It, you yeah. know, there have been people reporting for, who knows how reliable it is that there's an understanding that he's going to come back for next season. Who knows? What you know what I mean? I don't know if that's just speculation or what. But what I will say is, I think if there is an argument to be made about Rasin not playing, I think you are the one who is making a reasonable argument for it where it's his decision and maybe he is ready to hang up the skates you know what i mean who knows nobody knows what's going on besides him and his family maybe but yeah. i think the people who are like you know oh he's not loyal to the team he's never playing a game in a bruins jersey again like yeah, it's not that, that. that which is ridiculous you know what i mean and but the idea that the team is going to punish him for his decision is outrageous, and I know that's going to piss no. people off who are like <laughs> probably not listening to this podcast anyway. But like, there is no situation where the Bruins are like, "Oh, dude, yeah, you're the winningest goalie in team history, and uh, you know you brought us to a Stanley Cup final and stuff." To actually, two, but two. Um, I mean, didn't win the two, big game, of course, God. but um, <clears throat> but you know now all of a sudden you you opted out of the one, you know playoff during a pandemic to go see your newborn child and stuff and uh so yeah you're never playing here again despite the fact that again you are the winningest goalie in franchise that, that's not going to happen if there's any yeah. situation where he's not playing it's it's his own decision yeah um, 100%. and again i wouldn't bet on it but i i think if there is a reason i don't think that's an outrageous reason to to see it happening yeah yeah i think uh i, I think people can probably infer my thoughts on the Rask situation either through Twitter or just through my general disposition and feelings on, I don't know, Life, like treating people Liberty like and the pursuit humans. of happiness. Yeah, and what yeah. music he's been listening um, to lately, you know, that kind of... Yeah, just, uh, I don't know, maybe don't assume things. Don't assume you know something when maybe you don't know something. That's no, 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 when you, when you absolutely 100% do not know it. <laughs> it's not made, there's no yeah, maybes here. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I don't, I care whether it's something like actually going on or if he's just like going to be with his family. Like, obviously, I don't want something bad to be happening with his family. Like, I care yeah. in that sense, but it doesn't matter either way whether he left under one circumstance or the other. Uh, just today, Jonathan Marshall was saying every every day, like his kids call him and ask when he's coming home. 
and yeah. it's just like fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, and like you're the like, fucking monster. Yeah, he's, if you don't get he's not the out he's not the only one going through this, and and like you guys mentioned, like he came out and said this doesn't feel like playoff hockey to me. Like this doesn't feel real. Um, and, and a lot of people are trying to divorce the two things. And I don't think that's right necessarily. Like they, they aren't completely separated. Like him saying that this doesn't yeah. feel like playoff hockey. Like they're definitely related. Yeah. That's a part um, of his headspace when he was making that decision. If, you know? So, so my two contentions, like one from a hockey perspective, one from a human perspective, human perspective, if you don't feel like you're like, if this is real and you have family at home and you would rather be with them than play for a fake championship. Yeah fucking do that from a hockey perspective if you're not 100 percent in the game right now and you think that your backup goalie is in a better headspace to carry this team to a championship then let him do that that's like the team player thing to do and yeah. that's kind of what people are overlooking is like maybe he didn't make this decision 100 percent for himself either maybe this was partially a team first decision so i I, i'm not like gonna go ahead and give him credit for that before i i know anything either but like once again let's not just fucking assume shit we don't know yeah maybe there's something going on maybe there isn't but like either way just respect this dude yeah and i I don't i just want to clarify that like i'm not like like that's just my thought based on the track record of like kind of maybe indications of where his headspace has been at over the past couple seasons. Why I think it, it would be a personal decision and possibly a smart decision. If he's thinking of retiring at the end of his contract or this season anyway, that it's the fucking pandemic. Like why the fuck would you want to play these last two years? If you're thinking you're going to retire at the end of these two years, it doesn't make much sense, you know, especially when you have three young children and one of them, which is a fucking newborn, and you want to spend time with them. Like, it makes complete sense. Four-month-old like, daughter. Like Exactly. If, uh, there's so many people out there just being like, okay, yeah, it's just, like, it's your third kid. Like, who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck those people, bro. Are you and kidding me? And I feel like, 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 I'm an only child, but I feel like anyone as, like, the youngest sibling of three would be like, that's the, they're the most doted on. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. It's probably, like, the third sibling that's like saying that. that. He doesn't even realize yeah, yeah, it. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's he's literally missing out. Like he would literally be missing out on a third of his newborn child's <laughs> life for what he considers to be basically a playoff that doesn't count. And he's not the only person who feels that way in the hockey world. There are so many people who, like reporters, who were saying beforehand, like there are going to be so many asterisks applied to this, no matter what. And and I like absolutely this has gone way better than i assumed it would um just given the the low number of positive tests and now like the zero number of positive tests in the bubble and it's it's fucking working and the hockey doesn't look terrible yeah. like there've been, been some very well done very well done by the nhl it's not the shit on them oh yeah no on tv you can't tell the difference i'm sure as a player you could tell the difference with well on tv there, you can tell the difference because uh it's fucking like devil magic in the background mm-hmm. like i don't know well, what they're doing they got they got everything reversed <laughs> yeah, it's and it's scary it's fucking it's terrifying scary. And you know, what, whatever but like you know besides that like when you're fucking watching the play you, you don't, you're not looking at the crowd ever in any no, in like, any sort of hockey game, you're you're not. And in other sports, you definitely are. They're they're in the background. Or baseball, they the, cut away. The, and there are the weird there no are difference. weird moments, like when they show like the fan cams at home, like the group of them on the like big yeah, screen, like going, "Let's go Flames, let's go Flames!" Like that freaks me the fuck More out. That looks a like cheesy. a little bit like a horror movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I don't trust like that. I don't trust like that. Other than that, it's it's pretty good. I like. So the game one, I don't know if this was everyone's experience or if it was just on streaming because I was streaming the game on my phone, but the crowd noise was very low. Well, it it depends on the broadcast you get. NBC, they've been louder, and I haven't noticed it much on Nesson, so I don't know what I was I was streaming NBC Sports, so it might have been different. Um, Maybe and, your and phone it just was, sucks. It was spe- it was specifically game one of of the series, and I don't know if that was just because I was streaming it or if it was just the broadcast. But mm-hmm. there was basically no crowd noise unless a goal was scored, and I could hear every player on the ice, and it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wish they had tried that out during the round robin at least, because uh, it doesn't seem too weird with the fake crowd noise. 
and, and like it makes you feel like you're watching real hockey but i kind of wish they had tried it out with no crowd noise just to see like if it felt too weird yeah and i feel like a part of that the crowd noise might also be for the players but i think it is definitely more geared towards people watching but like yeah no i think that would be i think that'd be really cool especially because like you'll see like like i think even on the mcavoy hit like it, it, it's delayed like the crowd reaction is if it happened like a second later like you'll see a hit and then it's like ooh. yeah it is <laughs> oh, like awkwardly they, a little bit behind yeah yeah exactly because it's a guy doc is you calling. know it's like a guy like reacting like oh oh fuck oh <laughs> has to press the button <laughs> so, so the the games that doc is calling from home are real weird because there's there's like a second delay uh, oh is he and... calling them from home yeah. Oh, I think so all of them are right. Forsland, no, Forsland's no, no, not all of them, but a lot of I them. I think I thought NBC and Sportsnet both have teams in the bubble. So they do. Like the Forsland and Millbury team is in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie is in studio uh, in Connecticut, I think, and. Um, Pierre's there, Jersey, obviously. Wherever, He's in the glass. Yeah, Pierre's in the bubble, but but the Eddie and uh, Eddie and Doc broadcast team are both broadcasting from away. Oh, okay, so, that's why they're not getting too many games. That makes sense. Yeah, well, they're they're getting plenty of games. It's just they haven't been so Forsland. I think is the well, they've been getting the like one out of the play. three played in whatever stadium. I thought I thought they were like in Edmonton because I haven't really heard them on a Bruins okay, broadcast. Yeah. So I thought no. They were so in so somewhere. Forsland is the is the Hurricanes guy. So I think he just gets all the Hurricane ga- games automatically. Right. Um, yeah, but it, it's real weird when. So I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was the. Um. Oh fuck! I forget which cup it was, but there was one where uh, Kane scored. Patrick Kane scored the like overtime game winner, um, and Doc couldn't tell if it went in. Oh, it was against so, the Flyers, like, right? Yeah, it was that one. Um, and yeah, it was the Kimo Timonen one where he he won against his old team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and Doc couldn't tell if it went in, and so there was, like, this weird pause, like, after the score, and, like, as soon as everyone started celebrating, he was like, and the game's over! <laughs> that's kind of, like, how it, that's kind of how it feels with, like, every, yeah. every goal that he's calling. It's very weird. It but, feels that way when Jack commentates, too, for Nesson, because there's also a little bit of a delay there. Plus, they're watching on TV, so they're kind of, like, they're, they don't have that almost, like, top-down view. It's like yeah. us on TV, like when we're watching, being like, uh, who that, that player kind of looks like this guy. I think it's him. Oh, wait, no, no, it's him. And he kind of has that stuff, too. So well, I, I didn't know Doc was from home. Or so I'll, I'll, I'll repeat this take that I've had, uh, I think, during our, our hiatus of hockey that, I, that we just talked about, like, everything for a while. But... These are not radio announcers. You don't need to tell me who has the puck every yeah. time. Like, and and this is making it so much clearer. Like the the announcers who are not in the building where there's the delay. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to fucking tell me like, oh, Stanika passes it across to Coil and Coil feeds it down into the corner and oh no, uh, Dougie Hamilton digs it out and passes it across and it's up to Trocheck and like we don't need that like I can see who's fucking on the ice and like at the same time doesn't matter like even if you don't know who has the puck like yeah break it down do for the, me after do the casuals who don't know every player by number like really care who has the puck Yeah, like that's kind of my thing too like it, it, that's a good point sh- actually yeah say, say like when an absolute stud has the puck like okay yeah Svetch has the puck like number 37 for the hurricanes like he's got the puck passes it across all right yeah and like that's all we need there's definitely a lot that i think announcers mention that are that are really good like you know when they say like oh they're going off for a change or something like you can't see that on camera because it's following the puck into the zone while the bruins are swapping out five men or something And, and yeah if a little bit of that like he passes to him or the Bruins regain possession or something like that. But yeah, you don't need to say every fucking thing that happens. Cause you can see, I think, I think there are good, good ones and, and they're all like extremely talented. Oh, but yeah. It's one of those things where it's like reining it in for like, okay, we understand you are 
fucking great at this job. Like you, mm-hmm. without even thinking about it, know every player's number in the league and can tell that like when they have the puck, who that is, and just say it. Like that's great, but we don't need to know every time. Like, I, I don't mind. I don't mind Doc saying it every time, just because I fucking love him as a commentator. But this this is like Pierre though. Like oh, who it, has this insane talent, but like. I don't know. Five percent of the hockey world gives a shit. Well, yeah, because they—I mean—they stick him in a, a glass box now to contain himself. <laughs> He's in a glass hopefully. case of emotion. I saw him with a beard for the first time today on TV. I—I didn't know he had a beard now, and mm-hmm. like, because a lot of people used to say he looks like an egg. Now I don't know what to say. He looks like <laughs> a hairy egg. <laughs> Doc and eggy. Doc and eggy. This guy used to play for Saskatoon, Doc and Eggy. Doc and Eggy. Uh, then he went to college. Eggy, Eggy, old Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Eggie, Eggie, old Jack. Fucking hell. All right. It's about time to wrap this up, boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're talking about we Eggy, old Jack. Fuck. Uh, what, what do we sing out to? What's appropriate after that kind of fucking W? Isn't that ironic? Uh, we already had some problems with that one, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. 